Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane Chandanelli back with you again. And today we're going to continue talking about Dynasty. Mainly, we're going to be talking about quarterbacks and superflex. Did I say that? Quarterbacks, not quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks, QBs, and superflex, the most important position in fantasy football. Um, and we're, this is a totally analytics pod. Um, Nelly is going to be hitting us with some stats. We'll make fun of him along the way. Um, for every time he says something really nerdy, I have a white cloth ready to take a drink. Um, so we're, we're pretty set up here. Um, how are you doing, Shane? Are you ready to talk QBs here? I'm good. I'm excited. Um, uh, cause I'm, I'm, I'm also going to Europe this week, so I'll be gone for the next two shows. If you're listening, so I'm excited to, to talk some quarterbacks, most important position in fantasy and reality. here. Oh, my God. I forgot. Nelly and I for two weeks. Yes, I, I can't wait to listen. That's what I can't wait for. It's going to be a party. <laughs> I'm going to be exasperated when you come back. Shane. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be tired. <laughs> oh, sorry if you can hear. Uh some storms outside my house uh it is currently storming in southwest minnesota um which we've had a lot of lately which is unfortunate but hopefully it kind of makes the corn grow a little bit um but let's just let's just dive into it i'm gonna savor this last um you know these this last pod before shane decides to go to europe and just leave me with nelly um so i gotta make the most of it so let's just get into it let's talk quarterbacks we know that in Superflex, it costs a whole boatload to get an elite quarterback. But I guess the question is, how many elite quarterbacks are there actually in uh, in Dynasty Superflex? So, Nelly, take it away, nerd. <laughs> Just go. I'll take that as a as a compliment. Um, yeah. So I put out I put out a tweet thread earlier that this is kind of stemming from. Uh, I think there are five elite quarterbacks in the Dynasty landscape right now. Um, from my perspective, what makes a quarterback elite is that they, they have the ability to finish as the quarterback one in any given season, right? So they have unlimited upside in that sense. Um, but it's also not far-fetched. So, like, you can almost expect a top six season from them, but but quarterback one is is within the range of outcomes. And then also job security matters as well, right? Like, if, if the guy's not going to be a starter next year, he's not an elite ath- asset because that value is kind of uncertain and it's not insulated. Elite quarterbacks value is super insulated. So the five quarterbacks that I think uh, qualify for that categorization are, are Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. I think everyone will agree with those. Lamar Jackson as well as I think, I think some people are so, sort of questioning his longevity because he's a runner. 
but I think he's up there too. We, uh, no one has the upside he does. And then my fifth guy is Kyler Murray. I, I know there are questions because he's shorter than people like, and he hasn't shown the like personality skills that people like out of their quarterbacks. But I think bottom line for him is he's really good at scoring fantasy points. Uh, past two years, he's been, I think, the quarterback two or three in fantasy points per game. And his rookie year, he was like quarterback six or seven. So, um, yeah, those are those are my top five quarterbacks and the the only guys that I would consider elite quarterbacks. It, it's interesting. I mean, like I I agree with all five of them. Like I think all five of those are elite quarterbacks. I think um, I think Murray's that might actually be a little bit underrated. We've talked about that on the Discord before, uh, which you can join if you're listening. Um, I, th- I think I think I'd put Joe Burrow in there. I, I I think I would just for okay. He has two. He has an elite receiver option and one that's pretty close in T Higgins, who we talked about on the show before. Um, you know, we saw him end the like fantasy season with a 500 yard game and a 400 yard game and four, you know, four touchdowns in each of those. Like he, you know, once he got healthy last year and we saw in the playoffs too he has the ability to be an elite quarterback. Maybe he doesn't have the rushing upside of those, you know, of those top five. I think if that's the one thing that's kind of holding it back, but um, you know, he can have those monster, absolute monster games, uh, which he's proven. So I think he's the only other one I'd be like, "Eh," you know, I I think I would include him. He's safe. He's going to be on a good offense, good weapons for a long time too. I'm, not sure if I want to include Burrow in there at all. I think Burrow is like the answer to the question of like, hey, what if Max Jones scored more points each week? <laughs> right? I think. Or, or what if Tom Brady scored let Like, you know, I think you can go on the uh, either end of the spectrum, right? Right. But do you know what I mean? I feel like the the biggest thing that we have with Joe Burrow, right, is at least in people's eyes is age and a good offense. Um, do people know that Kyler Murray's younger than Joe Burrow? I don't think they do. Okay. No, that's a, that's a great point to make. Um, By less than a year. I mean, it's, I but, but you, the but same, yeah. Kyler Murray has played for what, three or four years now and consistently made this production and Joe Burrow. Yes. He had a really, really great season. He did. I think he played, pretty well behind a terrible offensive line his rookie year. I'm I'm 100% with that, right? But I think if we're trying to Nelly probably has some weird like stats on this, but like Joe Burrow is was not like the most efficient quarterback. Um and and or was he efficient? I don't know. He was he was actually like incredibly efficient last year. Like unsustainably efficient. That's what I mean. He's so, he was so efficient that uh, it can't happen again. <laughs> I, my thing with Burrow is like, I think he's a really good quarterback. Like, and you can just see like he's he's going to be a starter and a really good player and a, a perennial Pro Bowler for years to come. But I think from a fantasy perspective, I see him having sort of a similar career to like a Matt Stafford almost, where like he has like top six upside in certain seasons and he'll almost always be a QB one. But I don't think that he has the ability to 
to put up like a 25, 26 point per game season. Uh, just because like, just because the rushing upside isn't quite there. Uh, like the, the thing is last year we saw, like, as I mentioned, like pretty incredible efficiency numbers. Um, and generally speaking, unless you're Aaron Rodgers, you can't sustain that year to year. So even if he sees an increase in volume, uh, assuming that he regresses a little bit on the efficiency, he's not going to increase that much. I mean, he'll increase, right? Like he can have spike years where he has good volume and he has good efficiency, but he was quarterback eight last year and he was pretty good from like a, a real life perspective. So that just makes me question a little bit. Like, does he have that quarterback one overall upside? But I think it's worth noting, right? That Cincinnati did have what they were only 20th in, um, pass attempts per game so there definitely is a chance for them to increase that output when it comes to just like pure attempts pure passing attempts but i think the more you increase passing attempts i think it's much more difficult to sustain efficiency exactly exactly math yeah i mean if you include the fantasy playoffs he was qb6 so you know like I get it, but I think I think if where his price like where his price points at, I think you're getting a player with upside week to week for those monster games. And I think the floor is a little bit lower. I, I agree with you there because you don't have the rushing to kind of give you that floor every week. Um, but I, you know, I just remember going through this with almost every you know, even with a Tom Brady, even with guys that didn't have high volume but had the efficiency. It was. Every year is like they can't sustain this, right? Like Joe Burrow should not have played for half la- half of the season last year. He shouldn't have played. Like he shouldn't have been able to come back and play. And then you know once once that was sh- shackled, his four of his last five games he threw for over three hundred yards, three of them with multiple touchdowns. Like I, I don't know. Well, I, I'll be interested to see how this year goes because I think he might actually be a little bit underrated in like redraft because of that. Um, and I think Dynasty two. He's pretty. I mean, Kyler, him and Kyler are going about the same spot. I would take Kyler over him. I'm with you guys, um, but so I think there's is a chance. Here's why I believe Joe Burrow is going with these players. Is kind of like right next to Kyler, right? Because I think realistically, if we're doing a startup right now, um, if you don't get one of the top six, right? And sure, you can make the case that like the top three are grouped: Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. I'm with you there. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue like those three kind of being the top three. Sure. Um, but then there's Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow is kind of like on that line, right? Of that tier for most people, sometimes in, sometimes just a, a hair out. But look at who's behind him, right? Like outside of Joe Burrow. And I think this is why he kind of gets pushed up because we just don't have that many elite options at quarterback. So we end up just people just want to call Joe Burrow elite as well. Um, Because outside of those top six, right, we have Dak Prescott, who's very good in its own right, Um, much older than any of these other options. By much older, I mean uh, a full two years. What a bum. Um, (laughs) So he's coming in at 28 years old, right? But uh, just look like after Dak, right? There are so many question marks, whether it's age question marks that where it's longevity, or whether it's production question marks on some of these guys, right? I'm just going to give you the next 10 quarterbacks here, right? So the ones that rank from 8 to 17, right? And you can tell me 
I think you can figure out why Joe Burrow is kind of lumped in that top tier. Um, so behind Dak Prescott, you have Deshaun Watson, question mark. Jalen Hurts, question mark. Russell Wilson, question mark. Trey Lance, no production. Trevor Lawrence, bad production. Justin Fields, bad production. Aaron Rodgers, old. Matthew Stafford, old. Tua, question mark. Production, maybe. Bad coach, maybe. Who knows? Um, and then Mac Jones. Right. Those are the next 10 options that you have. Right. So I think when you're at that point, we're like, well, should we call Joe Burrow close to elite just because we have no one else behind him other than Dak Prescott? Well, I think that makes it a whole lot easier to to lump Burrow in with those top five, whether he belongs or not. I think it makes it a whole lot easier because the other options that we have, there are not many other elite options when it comes to both being young as well as having that paired with production currently. I I think it's a really good point. Um, And it almost makes me want to really look at like below, almost below that tier that you read off Kane of like the Derek cars and the Kirk cousins of like, okay, these are guys that are in their early thirties. And I I think even Matthew Stafford at 34, isn't as bad as he seems like he's like older quarterbacks that produce consistent numbers. I I think it's super flex are still a lot more valuable than people give them credit for because yeah, I mean that that whole tier is expensive and kind of (laughs) icky. Like I I don't know know if you agree, no, but I feel like that whole tier is like very expensive and I don't feel great about it. And like, like give me Derek Carr. Like I'll just take him as my number two quarterback. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those names. Well, I mean, you guys know, and I'm sure a majority of the listeners know, I'm, I'm not really a fan of these 2021 quarterbacks that were poor this past year at cost. Um, I think there's they're just too expensive considering the downside there. Um, I will say a name that stands out that you mentioned is I, I'm a really big fan of Dak. Like, I think Dak and Joe Burrow should be equivalent on the market. Um Dak actually has more rushing upside. He was a little bit lower last year, uh, but that was one that was uh, a year removed from injury, and it sounds like he's going to be running a little bit more. Um, and and I think they're pretty equivalent in terms of like the upside they provide on a year to year basis. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I well, I don't agree exactly with what you said with what you said, Shane. Um, just because I feel like the the problem is like there's differences in these tiers in terms of points produced. This top tier produces like 20 to 25 points per game. This next tier that you're talking about produces 17, 18, 19 fantasy points per game. Here's the issue. When you like those are those are big gaps from the first to the I guess the third. We kind of skipped over to that middle, that kind of ranges in between. If you go to that bottom tier, the quarterbacks that aren't really that good in real life, the Carson Wentz's, the Jared Goss, those guys are scoring 16 fantasy points per game, 15, 16, 17. That's not that much different from that tier above, but there's a pretty big cost difference there. And so, like, I would rather take a point or two less to be in that bottom tier at a super cheap cost and spend the first round pick that you can get for uh, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins on a different position to try and get a little bit more value over the replacement player. So I don't disagree. I'm going to 
hedge my bets here with you, Nelly. Like, I think Dak is good, right? And I think, you know, probably over the next four or five years, does Dak Burrow or does Dak outscore Burrow? Like, there's a chance, right? But the the key, right, is when it comes to value and how much cheaper is Dak compared to Joe Burrow? And realistically, it's like like Dak in a second or an early second for Joe Burrow. Like, I don't think the second necessarily matters in that equation, right? Um, if you're going to go for one, you're going to go for one regardless. Um, but I, I think outside of the top six, I think Dak is a really solid bet and probably doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Um, but he's repeatedly had good seasons um, and has been pretty consistent doing it. Um, he puts up a lot of stats and, and runs quite a bit. And you can make the case that like, well, Joe Burrow should run more. He's another year progressed from from a serious knee injury and i totally get that and he definitely ran more in college and we saw that more than than we did the season right and there's a lot more hesitancy with the knee and i completely get that um but Dak has ran every year right it's not like oh Dak's not going to run for a few touchdowns this year he's not going to run for two three hundred yards this year but he probably still is um so i think Here's my point. If you want to put Joe Burrow in that top six, you have to put Dak in there. That's my point. I'd rather put neither. But I feel like you have to put in Dak if you're going to put in Joe Burrow, even though they're only three years apart in age. Here's what I'll say, because I think those the the three years is important for value. Like, I, I don't care as much. I like Dak. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But like, and where I have Dak, I'm probably holding him till till he dies, you know. But ultimately, let's say let's say let's th- let's take Joe Burrow and Dak. Let's say uh, Dak goes like Bofo QB two overall next year, right? Now he's going to be thirty when the fantasy season starts the year after. Are people going to treat him as an elite quarterback? They're not, right? Like Russell Wilson's thirty three. Uh, you know, he, he's had some down years, even if he, when he was putting up elite numbers, like he was getting older. Like, I, I think the the value of Dak, I don't know if it's going to ever go up no matter what he does. Like, I don't know if he can do anything for his value to actually increase. If Joe Burrow has a QB two overall season this year and he's, you know, 26, I mean, his value is going to go through the roof. He's going to get a top five pick in startups. Dak, I don't think Dak ever will be a top five pick and starts no matter what he does. I actually think that's a very fair point from a value perspective. And I, I also, Dak always gets kind of knocked because he was a, a day three pick. Like he'll never be seen as an elite, elite quarterback because he's a day three pick. Um, and, and the other points you made about his age are, are very valid in terms of just potential value ascension. I, I think the other point, right, is that I think it's difficult comparing Russell Wilson and Dak just because Dak always had the n- numbers, like the raw numbers of him just throwing the ball a whole lot more than Russell Wilson, right? The, the Always the benefit with Russell Wilson is like he's going to be super efficient whether Pete Carroll wants him to throw 10 times or 21 times, right? Like he just never saw those Dak numbers of like, oh, Dak's going to throw 45 times this game 
right? That's the one thing that Russell Wilson never got. And I think that makes Dak safer, I think, in his, you know, his next five years compared to Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson was 28. And I, th- I think it's fair. And, I, you know, and it's not knocking Dak, right, that his value won't go up. Like, it almost – he might end up being a value to buy uh, maybe even now. It could happen. That's what I said. I like, if I have – yeah, if I have him, I'm not selling him at cost. Like, I think the cost is, is not enough to sell him. But I also don't think I'm ever going to have – there's even a shot at the, at him as an asset um, increasing much in value. And I think that's – maybe not shouldn't happen, but I think that's just what the perception of what will happen in the community with Dak almost no matter what. So, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said, um, but – you know how the dynasty community is like things get set in a way and that's how people view stuff. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, and also I do know that Burrow was efficient. I was just trying to see if Nelly would say that I'm wrong, <laughs> but I saw it more on his face. It's almost like I read Nelly's entire thread of tweets and I was like, we should probably talk about this. Um, Cause it'd probably be a good conversation. Um, you know, talking about quarterbacks, let's talk about them in a one-quarterback league real quick. Um, I made a trade in a one-quarterback league, 14-team league. Uh, Trey Lance for uh, our man Darren Waller. No tight end premium. I already have Josh Allen at quarterback. And our boy Carson Wentz. Um, so we're safe there, right? Um, but got Darren Waller out of the situation and I'm pretty okay with it. I, I'm thrilled with that in a one quarterback where you have a Josh Allen, like you don't need Trey Lance. So you can trade him for a starting tight end, like maybe potentially a top five tight end. If, if that offense is better, if there's more scoring this year for the, for the Raiders, you know, I think Darren Waller is going to be a big reason for that. So I, I, I love that. Uh, I think I think in one QB leagues, quarterback in general is um, maybe undervalued. Like I think some people just throw away quarterbacks and like they don't matter. Um, whereas you still need a pretty good one. So, but in this case, I'd much rather have Waller than an unproven asset in trailings. Yeah, here's I'm a, fully on board. Here's what I will say, especially at one quarterback leagues, and some people might disagree with me. Um, but if benches, let's just say starting spots, if starting spots are low in a one quarterback league, um, I want to have a top tier quarterback, right? Let's say I'm, I'm in a one quarterback league where it basically started as a redraft league and just went over to a dynasty league, right? So still has kicker, still has defense, nine total roster spots, right? or nine total starting spots with the traditional one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, one kicker, one defense, right? The standard um, in a format like that. I'm not really worrying about kicker and defense. Like you're going to try to play ones that have good matchups, right? So you have seven skill positions. I want as good of quarterback at that spot as possible because that's the decision maker week to week, right? Having Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Tom Brady, right? That's scoring a boatload of points week over week. That's more beneficial for your team than 
having a little bit better running back too. Like, so, so go out and get a good quarterback. Like, you can tear up from your quarterback because people will always think that quarterbacks don't matter. So I traded Dak and Saquon for uh, Zeke and Josh Allen. Josh Allen was the reason why I was winning in the playoffs. Right? Because his week-over-week potential is going to win me games. And more than likely isn't going to be the reason why I lose. Right? A good quarterback's not the reason why I lost the game. It's because someone on the other side just absolutely blew up. And there's just nothing I could do. Like, Josh Allen putting up 15 to 20 points isn't the reason why I lost when you have a solid team around him. But he is going to be the reason why you win. So do that for what it's worth. There's probably some math out there that might say the same thing. Who knows? Uh, Shane, you want to teach us something? Yeah, sure. So we're uh, we're, we're just coming out the week of Juneteenth, which was uh, the day before we're recording this. I, fi- I figured I'd explain what that was because I feel like a lot of people don't know. It became a federal holiday um, in 2021. But uh, Juneteenth, the June 19th, 1865, the westernmost region of Texas, Galveston Bay area, um, was basically the la- last Confederate occupation. And so 2,000 Union troops led by Gordon Granger arrived reading the Emancipation Proclamation to free the kind of the final 250,000-ish enslaved Black people in the area. Now, that effectively ended slavery in the South. So that's what Juneteenth, the, you know, the, the federal holiday, you heard about it this week. Um, that's what it is, is celebrating, like the end of slavery, essentially in the United States. This is when it actually ended uh, in the South. So I, I think that's good information for everyone to know out there. And I, that's because the Civil War also ended in 65. Right, right. So it was basically like this kind of um, basically this, this holdover afterwards. So. The Civil War ended in April of 1865, um, and you know, back then communication wasn't what it is today. So it took time for these parts to kind of break off and go back with the United States, and that was the last area. A couple months later. Okay, I got you. Well, that's neat. It's always fun to uh, have Shane teach us something. Um, without him, we would have forgotten a lot of the history that we were probably taught in schools. Uh, Shane, in the Discord, always trying to teach us something too. Um, make sure you join that Discord. It's completely free to join that Discord. One of the few free, fully free resources you're going to get out there. Uh, we talk a lot about trades. We talk Devi. We talk Dynasty. We talk C2C, Redraft. Um, there might even be some games of Catan being started up. A lot of people talking about smoking meats um, and the best ways to kind of smoke chicken wings. Right. So we got a lot going on in there. So make sure you uh, you check that out. Like there's just so many fun things happening in there because everyone has such diverse interests. Um, and that happens. We've talked Dungeons and Dragons in there. Um, like our guy, Zach, helped. Like if you ever watched the uh, Toilets to Titles uh, D&D campaigns, like they got Zach from our Discord to help him out. So like whatever your interest, like wherever you might want to travel, even there's people 
that have either like lived in that place or like have gone there many times or maybe still live there that are able to kind of give you all that advice. So make sure you check that out. And it's completely free to join. If you want our rankings, it's $25 a year. So not terribly expensive. We try to make that as affordable as possible. But uh, we just want you in the Discord. We just want to talk with y'all and hopefully uh, you enjoy that. Yeah, my favorite channel, Kane, is the Pet Pictures channel. There's nothing better than just once one person drops a picture of their pet, we get a wave of a few of them, and it's just all all good good, good boys in the channel. I, f- I feel like we should almost have a day of pet. Like every, like, I don't know, like every Monday or Tuesday or something, there's just a wave of pet. It's like happy pet picture Monday, right? And then everyone just posts picture after picture after picture of good boys and good girls uh, like, <laughs> I like that. and it doesn't there's dogs there's cats we love it all so we, we, got, we got we got some crazy pets in there reptiles and, and yeah. everything it's great dude it's gnarly Pigs. we love that yeah. <laughs> uh, but let, let's get into these buys and sells here uh nelly you want to start us off yeah so i am buying deandre hopkins um now hopkins has a six game suspension to start the season everyone knows that that's been baked into his cost already. He's super cheap. I, I just saw him going to start up in round round nine. Like this is a guy who has like wide receiver one uh, points per game upside this year. Like maybe not overall, but very realistically having it uh, in like a top 12. Um, so he's 30, right? He's getting older, but he's talented. We know he's really, really good. So he could start to drop off, but I think it'll be gradual rather than drastic. And I think at the price that he's at right now, coming in after six weeks this season, the first six weeks don't matter as much as the last six weeks. You want him for playoffs. Um, and maybe he'll be more healthy because he's missing those first six weeks. So I'm buying DeAndre Hopkins. I am selling Antonio Gibson. Um, he's still going way too early. He's going in like the fifth, fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds of startups. He needs two injuries to be like a running back one. He needs, he needs Brian Robinson to get hurt and he needs, um, JD McKissick to get hurt because he's missing goal line work and he's missing receiving work. So that's just too much that you need to happen for him to, to return elite level production. Uh, and you can get just good production from running backs for much cheaper. My unknown is Kadarius Tony. I, I I'm pretty sure he's probably been my unknown before. I he's just truly an unknown. I have no idea what to do with him. I didn't really like him as a prospect, uh, but he came in and he put up like crazy target share numbers in a few games, and then he got hurt and missed the rest of the year. So I I don't. There's like small sample sizes of good, but there's also some bad. But he's also cheap. So like, what do you do with him? I don't know. It's fair. Um, I might ruffle a few feathers here, but uh, I'm going to buy Zach Wilson. I think he's honestly at the point where like he is so much cheaper than the rest of the quarterbacks in that class. Th- that, and I don't get it. Uh, they have done everything to put pieces around Zach Wilson. Right? They even drafted another wide receiver. They have like drafted another running back. They've tried to make the offensive line strong. They've done everything to help him out. Right. Um, so if, if he doesn't succeed now, then I guess he never will. 
which seems like what we've been saying about Sam Darnold for like, I don't know, six years now. Um, but like, realistically, I, I think um, he's a buy. There's just so many good weapons around him. And that if you're buying into some of the pieces on the Jets, whether it's Garrett Wilson, whether it's Elijah Moore, you also have to buy into Zach Wilson because he's the one throwing them the ball. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm in on him. Um, someone I'm selling because I think he's just in a tier that's a little too expensive is Dallas Goddard. Um, because with the addition of A.J. Brown already having Devonta Smith, and now Dallas Goddard potentially being like the third target as a tight end. Like, that's not exactly what I want for my team. If I wanted a third target for my team, I'd tear down, take Dawson Knox and get the plus. Right? Like, they're both going to be the third options on their team. I might as well just take Dawson Knox instead and uh, get some pieces along with it. I'd even rather take shots on like Hunter Henry or Albert O then continue to hold Dallas Goddard and miss out on that plus. Because if realistically, if Dallas Goddard doesn't have a strong start to this season, he's going to drop, what, three spots at least down rankings, right? He's going to go below probably Pat Fryermuth, below Dalton Schultz for sure, below Dawson Knox. If Dawson Knox is catching touchdowns, um, so then you're really making that choice. Well, it's like, oh, do I want Dallas Goddard or Albert O? Well, you could have had Albert O plus something if you'd have sold Dawson or sold Dallas Goddard now. So um, I think he's my sell. And someone I'm just not sure what to do with. Um, that's that's a toughie. Um, I, it's probably Tom Brady. Because, right, it's like, how much longer <laughs> is he going to uh, play? And how much longer can he sustain throwing the most passes in the NFL at that age. Right. And so I think all that combined, it's like, is he really a great buy? Like how much do you have to give up to get Tom Brady? Cause people are going to want at least a first or a second and a player. And is that worth giving up if Tom Brady only plays one year? Maybe if he plays his one year at the same production they've had over the past two years with the Buccaneers, but if that production dips as well, then I think it's really, really difficult to buy into Tom Brady. So he's kind of someone I'm not sure about. Shane, how about you? I'll toss a couple of Debbie guys in here too. Um, my buy is Cedric Tillman, the receiver for Tennessee, who's a, he's a hot CFF C2C asset. But I actually think he has some Debbie value. Uh, I was disappointed in our league, Kane. I missed out by like three picks on him. Um, but, you know, Tennessee has had guys drafted the past two years, Vellis Jones and then Josh Palmer before that. Um, it's going to be a pass-friendly offense. I think Tillman's pretty talented. He's a decent recruit coming out. Like, I think he, he's better than even those two guys, perhaps. So maybe top 100 type player there. My cell, my cell's Mac Jones. We didn't talk about him too much in the QB segment, but, uh, you know, the, there was a – article about like all NFL GMs and scouts and honestly think he's the best quarterback from last year's class, but they didn't unhinge the offense enough. And now the Patriots don't even have an offensive coach on their coaching staff. Like, like there's no way this is going to work out well for him. Fantasy wise. Like there's nowhere for Mac Jones to go. I'd sell him now while you can. Cause if things go poorly, 
his value is going to tank like really hard. And then my, my unknown stock. Wait, real real quick. Are you saying Matt Patricia calling offensive plays isn't what you want in New England? Like, like Matt Patricia has never. I don't think he's ever been an offensive coach, like <laughs> let alone call plays. I don't know. I don't want Bill Belichick calling plays for gosh sakes. It's it's scary. It's a little scary, man. Um, but my unknown is a guy. All right, so I I, I watch this player. Right. I always sometimes bring that small school guy and, and Nelly and I have talked about Isaiah Davis, the running back from South Dakota State, who's definitely going to be my guy, small school guy in this draft. But an intriguing player, just a name to keep deep on your radar. Uh, Andre Iasivas is a receiver from Princeton, 6'3", 200, 4'4", flat speed, track guy. He's very raw. Obviously, he's playing in the Ivy League um, without much talent around him. But like gives me kind of those Christian Watson vibes of just a, a, a raw skill set player playing at a much lower level of competition than Watson did. So I don't know. It's a name that's intriguing me. I want to get it out there. The receiver from Princeton. You heard it here first, I guess. Love it. And that's it for us here at the Devi Marketplace. We just want to say thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate every single one of you.